Coming to you live from the home of the Sanderson sisters, it's the Movie Change Up podcast, our Disney Plus weekly review where each week we break down what came out this week on Disney Plus. It's kind of a self-explanatory title, which is why my genius brain came up with it. As always, I am your host, Joe Fricky, brought to you by brought to you with my co-host, uh, Tristan Mayer, uh, who joins me along as we break down uh, this week in Disney+. Plus. Uh, Tristan, what are your thoughts on uh, Disney Plus's releases this week? Yeah, uh, I think you stumbled, stumbled a bit the intro there, Joe, but it's okay. You didn't get We've done this sleep, for but... like three months. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I just woke up, woke up from a nap, so. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. But yeah, I feel like, I feel the same way about Disney+, Plus. honestly. We'll get there eventually. Right now, we're in kind of that Gap week, we're building up towards Hawkeye, building up towards some big drops, but this felt like one of the filler weeks for me. That being said, uh, there were a couple good surprises here, and I think you did a good pick. You pulled out So Weird as I talk about our, our kind of deep dive talk for the episode, so I think it was a great fit for what we're talking about this week. And we had some nice surprises as we had the discussion. We're getting into some horror topics finally, Joe. It feels like a horror episode here on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it was kind of interesting because uh, last week we had like a bunch of like documentary type shows and like documentary uh, topics, and this week it's we're going straight into Halloween, straight into like that theme. Uh, speaking of Halloween, uh, let's start with uh, probably one of the things I've been most surprised by in all of you know Disney Plus so far. Uh, show I really had zero expectations for, and that is Just Beyond, based on the uh, R.L. Stein series of the same name. I think it's kind of just generally based on his works, but I think uh, Just Beyond is their main inspiration, and I had a thing... My camera became unplugged, which is always uh, great, but people can still hear me. And, uh, just beyond, I didn't have much familiarity yeah. with uh, the source material or anything like that because I knew obviously Goosebumps from R.L. Stein. That was a big thing from my childhood, picking up at Scholastic Book Fairs and stuff like that. And Fear Street was one I read a handful of those as well. That was a Netflix adaptation of another R.L. Stein <laughs> series. So he has a few of those out there that are kind of in the same vein of Goosebumps, but going for a different yeah. demographic. And this is exactly what this feels like to me. It, the premise is very similar to Goosebumps. It's like an anthology-type series where each episode has totally different characters, totally different story, different setting, and it engages in like these sci-fi horror themes. This series is much more towards the sci-fi than the horror, at least comparatively to Goosebumps, but there is definitely horror in this too. So it was fun to see them kind of bridging both of those styles together, and it felt like a really fun throwback for me to like those classic shows like Goosebumps, like, you know, Are You Afraid of the Dark, those kind of 90s, shows that were right in the same vein so for me it was a nice fun throwback like you said i had no idea this even coming out really and then it was a good surprise for me so yeah you said you were surprised by it too joe if you're ready to talk about it i want to hear your thoughts uh yeah my i don't know what's going on with my camera but my audio is still working and this is mainly a podcast show so i'll try and figure it out while i'm talking but yeah mainly that uh going into it i was expecting more of like a wizards of waverly place uh type of tone i expected it to be super Super lighthearted, not really much when it comes to scares. Uh, expected it more to be for like a eight to twelve year old audience, and I was pleasantly surprised by how dark it was. I'll be honest; I only watched the first four. I know you watched the entire series, and uh, the very first episode is what shocked me the most. I saw like 
Nassim Pedrad was like the main villain, and if uh, you don't know who she is, she uh, was on SN She was a SNL cast member from 2009 to 2014. I've never really seen her in anything serious. The most serious role I've seen her in is uh, like Jasmine's Handmaiden in the live-action Aladdin movie. So when I saw she was basically going to be like the main antagonist, I'm like this is going to be a, like a joke of a show and maybe it'll be a funny kind of lighthearted show, but she was le- legit terrifying in the role. And I'm kind of intrigued to see her and other things beyond this because I've never really seen her do anything that isn't comedy, but yeah, that first episode, uh, if you haven't seen the show, they're basically turning these, uh, young girls into essentially like a Stepford wives situation with like a brainwashing thing. And, uh, I can't remember who the, who's the main, girl is what's it's uh mckenna grace McKenna she plays grace, kind yeah. of this like teenage rebel character that gets brought into a boarding school to be kind of straightened yeah. up you know she's going to a middle school and she's like the problem school problem child there she's kind of the rebel the punk you know she's more talking about activist kind of things rather than school so she, and then her yeah. parents send her to this boarding school that becomes increasingly obvious that there's something more than just a school here <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, they turn her into a Stepford, or they attempt to turn her into a Stepford Wives situation, and that's kind of the whole deal. And I thought it was, like, that whole episode, I was like, wow, this show is actually going to be good. Like, darker than I expected, well-written, better performances than I expected. And then going into the second episode is kind of more where it was closer to the tone. Uh, I was imagining in that episode, I believe it's called Parents Are From Mars, Kids Are From Venus. And uh, if you've seen the movie Unhinged, the Russell Crowe movie that just came out this year, the uh, kid from that movie is kind of the main actor in this episode. And then you also... uh, Henry Thomas, who most people will know from E.T., and then obviously you have the Haunting of Hill House, and he's just most recently at Midnight Mass, as in this episode as well, as kind of this, you know, local crazy guy who has all of these conspiracy theories. But uh, these two kids, uh, whose parents are best friends with each other, uh, realize that their parents are aliens and it's kind of their whole reaction to that and that's more the tone of what i thought this whole show was going to be uh kind of this light-hearted kind of with a light horror element but that episode was still like somewhat dark and that was the lightest of the four episodes i saw uh what what were your thoughts on the second episode yeah i think you mentioned the first episode is uh dark and it has mckenna grace who's uh like really breaking out star right now so they definitely led with like the the known face from the beginning, <laughs> and uh, for the yeah, the second episode, definitely a step towards more towards the goofiness. But I didn't think it got too goofy. I think throughout the rest of this season, it it for me uh, walks that line of not being too ch- childish, but of course not being too dark. And yeah, I think it it has a balance there. And the second episode, you said, is a bit more towards the the camp of it all. But I think this feels way less cheesy than Goosebumps did. You know, I, I thought this was going to be more into the Goosebumps vein of just like really goofy and very kitty. And this is not that. I have to imagine that this was similar to Fear Street. It was R.L. Stein trying to go for like a slightly older demographic. And this is going for like a slightly older demographic. So I think people who are in their teens are definitely going to love this. But I def- I think also if you're even a bit older than that towards our, John- our age group and you have some nostalgia for like those 80s 
90s cartoons or uh, uh, horror kind of shows are in the same vein of, of those in terms of their tone and, and how serious you take it. Yeah, if I was, you know, 13, 14 years old when this show dropped out, like if this had came out on Disney Channel or I guess Disney XD is where this show would have released uh, when I was age appropriate for it, uh, it would have been my favorite show. I would have been like, this is amazing, this is awesome. You know, I was a fan of Twilight Zone growing up. I would have thought this was, like, the greatest show of all time. Yeah, I watched Goosebumps a lot growing up, like I said, so this would have been right in my vein. And even as an adult, you know, I feel like I'm a child at heart still. Yeah. <laughs> so I go for – I still had a good time with this, yeah. even though it definitely feels very YA. Yeah. Uh, so I only saw the first four, and I would say the first four, my favorite episode is probably uh, the fourth one of this girl that's kind of – Haunted by this slender man-looking uh, figure. Uh, but for you, what would be your favorite of the uh, of all of the episodes? I thought that the finale, the treehouse, was really interesting. It deals with a teenager who's lost someone in his life, and he finds a treehouse that kind of connects him to an alternate universe where that person did not die. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of has this choice to make for what is he going to do, what where is he going to go, essentially. And that was a really interesting, I thought, I also like the one unfiltered. I think it was a fifth episode. It dealt with kind of a haunted uh, Instagram style app where she's taking beauty pictures of herself that make her look gorgeous. Everything she wants to look like, but it has these kind of haunting consequences in her actual personal life. So I thought it was interesting to have a kid show that deals with these real themes. Like I think even just in the last couple of weeks, we've heard a lot about like the impact that social media is having on young girls around this exact demographic and this age so I thought it was really nice to see the unfiltered episode come out as it did today, where it's like, okay, this is very much timely with stuff that kids are actually dealing with right now, and it doesn't feel like adults talking down to kids, you know? Yeah, I was actually going to bring that up, that I think a lot of these episodes, while being good and dark and scary, uh, do have messages that fit the demographic they're going for. And I mean, even messages that are good for anybody like i think the first episode deals a lot with being yourself and don't just conform and you know doing the right thing the second episode uh i think is more i don't really know if there's themes in that second episode other than maybe your parents might look like dorks and they might kind of be weird but they're still you know for the most part your parents i guess and like they're looking out for you I guess, but even some people still have shitty parents, which isn't really in that episode, so I guess the theme isn't as strong there. And then the third episode, I feel like, lightly touches on racism and things like that, and uh, people that are different shouldn't be treated differently. And then the uh, fourth episode, I think was a lot of about overcoming your fears. It was definitely mm-hmm. a lot about overcoming your fears and you know being brave and that whole ordeal. Yeah, I think it very much fits in theme with, if you are familiar with the stuff of that era, it feels like a throwback to that kind of thing where you definitely have the heart of the message, what you're trying to get. And I also want to mention, too, that it's a true anthology. It's not like, what if, where all of a sudden at the end it all comes together and all the characters cross over. Like, this is a genuine anthology where every actor comes and goes, every character comes and goes. You're not going to see the kind of grace showing up in every other episode. There's some crossover material. At least not in first season. You know, maybe season two we'll get some sequel territory or something like that. But as of now, they're all genuine standalone beginning, middle, end stories. Yeah, and one and uh, one final thing, unless you have more to say, is the thing I'm really appreciating about Disney Plus is I feel like Walt Disney, as far as like Disney goes, he wanted it to be 
uh, like family entertainment, like entertainment for the whole family as far as like the Disney product. And I felt like to a degree, a lot of the Disney content, whether it's movies or stuff on television, was going more towards like kids and being directly aimed at kids, where I feel like a lot of the content on Disney Plus here, you're going to have some of your content, a lot of your Mickey Mouse-based content that's, you know, directly aimed at young kids, but I feel like pretty much all of their live-action content is family content, whether it's Just Beyond, Doogie, Kame Aloha, uh, all of their Marvel and Star Wars shows, the High School Musical, the Musical, the Series, like I do like that pretty much all of their live-action content is what I would consider family content where parents can watch it and not want to just pull their eyes out with a heated spoon. <laughs> yeah. I like this kind of a range too. Like this is definitely getting more towards like the older teen demographic, you know, and, and they also have the Mickey Mouse cartoons that are going way more towards the young demographic. And then you would have star Wars that goes a little bit towards the older demographic. But so I think, I love that it, you said the family entertainment. I think that's what Disney plus is really managing to do. You have something for everybody, even if, like this might not be for everyone, but it's going to be for somebody in the family, you know, and I think they have a good job of kind of touching every touchstone. <laughs> yeah, and I would say for, as you know, for, as far as the horror aspect of it goes, I really wouldn't show this to anyone under maybe 12 because there were some aspects where even me as a 28-year-old was like, this is a scary moment. Like, you know, this is honestly when the Henry Tom after watching the first episode, when Henry Thomas showed up in the second episode, I double-checked to see, like, oh, I wonder if, like, they got Mike Flanagan to direct an episode of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it, I would not show it to, like, a young, young kid, but I would be, like, this is not going to scare you, scare you. Like, if you're a person who's like, oh, I don't like horror, this is not going to no, be, like, no. terrifying to you. But <laughs> if you're eight, you would be legit. The fourth episode would legit give you nightmares. And I think this is a great entry level into horror. Yeah. I think... I want to point that out before we move on to the next. Yep. We talk, we have another show we're going to talk about that I think is, for me, an entry level horror for for me personally, <laughs> and like this feels kind of hand in hand with uh, so weird, which we're going to be talking about in a bit. This kind of, in a way, feels like a spiritual yeah. successor to that, and in the in the way it's handling its tone and its themes, and it's kind of going into these sci fi concepts. Yep. So I think if you have a kid who you want to get into horror or get into sci-fi and you're not quite sure where to start, you know, you don't go and show them Halloween kills. <laughs> you're going to be like, okay, let's watch just beyond and see what he gets a feel for. Yep. And you have all the genres. You have like ghosts, you have multiple uh, realities. You have like haunted masked monsters and, you know, like a, a genuine slasher. And I think you can cover all the genres of horror here. So it's a nice kind of like beginner's guide to horror, I think. All right. And uh, you ready for our next show? I'm ready. All right, our next show is one we've been talking about for a while here. It's a show I think you and I are both big fans of, or, you know, as far as what it is, fans of. And that is uh, Doogie Kame Aloha MD. Uh, this episode was titled Career Babes. And basically, the, there's the two main plots of this episode. The one, and obviously, if you haven't been watching our show, the show is a reboot of Doogie Hauser, But this time, it's about a uh, female teen doctor uh, who lives in Hawaii. And this is a show that exists in a world where Doogie Hauser was a show on television, and that's how she got her nickname, as she was nicknamed after, uh, you know, the uh, Neil Patrick Harris show. And uh, basically the plot of this episode is Doogie, or uh, Lahela, as she's mainly called in the show, her real name, 
is kind of caught between two worlds. She's a teenager, she's a 16-year-old girl, but she's seen as like not really part of her peer group. She has her one friend, but since she doesn't actually go to high school, she has no real high school friends. And you know, she doesn't, you know, go to high school parties. She's not invited to high school parties. But then where she works at the hospital, she's seen as a 16-year-old girl, so she's not invited to like the after-work uh parties or the after-work functions. And so she's kind of caught between these two things and trying to figure out her place and where she belongs. And then the other plot is uh, around her younger brother, who's supposed to take his SATs, but he doesn't really feel like college and that path is for him. And so he's off to explore his own path and he realizes he wants to be a farmer. And he finds this organic farm that he really loves working at and it's you know bringing out sides of him that his parents never seen before. And uh, Tristan, what were your thoughts on this episode? This is perfect comfort TV, Joe. Like this is you mentioned that we're really like kind of impressed by this, and it's been a nice week-to-week coverage. And yeah, for me, it's nice. It's a comfort show. I come on every week. I get to sit down and like be with this family <laughs> that is all kind of getting along. And like, there's there's ten, there's problems here and there. Like, there's not they're not plotless, but I in the end, that I it was nice to see like you know he, he it wasn't. I saw the premise, and I thought, oh, he gets this new interest, and it's something that troubles his parents. Not that oh no, it's going to be like. He gets into this thing that breaks his person. She's like, I have to like have an intervention and tell him about how he's doing this terrible thing. But no, it was like, oh, he's found this new passion they weren't expecting him to have, <laughs> you know. And I think it was, this is a nice show to come and watch. And we, we, we mentioned how this is a, like a family entertainment network. And I think this is nice comfort for the whole family. You get together, kind of, everyone have their favorite characters. And there's moments where I would watch it and I think, oh, that's kind of like what my dad would do, you know. And oh, that's kind of like what my mom would do. And I imagine if you had a whole family together, you'd all be poking fun at each other saying, oh, dad, that's exactly like you. <laughs> you know, so this has been a, a nice, nice watch. You know, there's not much new to say about it because it's as good as it always is every week. But yeah. I'm liking it. So I messaged you uh, a couple days or I messaged you, I believe, yesterday or the day before that I had a hot take. I was coming in with a, you know, a hot take that's a different take than what I've normally had. And uh, it's regarding this show is what the take is. And I will say we've been talking about the balance of this show, how it perfectly balances like kid aspects and parent aspects. And I will say this is the first time that I felt the show wasn't in balance and that this was a definite, to me, it felt more of a kid aimed episode or child aimed episode and that if this was the tone of maybe like the first two episodes i probably wouldn't have made it to episode three there were just times where they were doing like tiktok dances and her talking to like the cheerleaders and like the slang and all of that where i was just like i can feel that this is not made for me and that was the first time watching the show where i felt that that's interesting joe because you do wonder like if they came out hard for the first couple episodes and then they kind of start dropping it after, you know, and I didn't necessarily feel that here. I did feel like her, there were moments. her storyline is definitely going towards the kid, yeah. uh, the kid angle. And I think with this kind of a show, I was kind of prepared for it to kind of weave it and out between like, Oh, here's yeah. a couple of kid episodes. You know, we, we've covered the clone wars yeah. and yeah. I'm used to that where it's like, suddenly we're going to have three or four episodes that are just absolutely not for you at all. And that's just kind of part of it. And so maybe yeah, like- I didn't really notice the tone shift as much. Yeah, I'll definitely be back next week 100% watching the show, but this, and you know, if it goes back to like the balance that it's had, it's like, oh, they had a little bit of a down episode, like that's fine, but I still enjoyed the the brother's storyline, and I still enjoyed parts of LaHala's storyline, it was just, there were, there were just a couple moments here and there where I was just like, 
felt that this show is not made for me. Yeah, and the brother has been uh, kind of a sideline character for a lot of this. So this is kind of one of the first episodes he's been kind of brought to the forefront and given a storyline for himself. So I wonder if he's kind of going to be like the chopper of this series where it's like, oh, he gets his episode once in a while where it's like, here's the one for the kids type thing. Because for me, I've really attached to the kind of like the hospital drama kind of side of this where it's like, oh, this new guy's coming in the previous episodes and then like the mom is trying to balance the work-life balance and so is the uh, main character. And this one stepped a lot away from that and just became about like the teen life. And I think that was kind of a missed opportunity for them. Like this has always been about the balance of a teen life and then also the hospital life and how does she kind of find the middle ground. And this one felt like it was much more about the teen life and much more about like, yeah, like the TikTok references and the slang words. And that's the kind of stuff where I feel like, I don't know, you're definitely going more towards one direction and not quite down the middle. Yeah, and there were just other minor problems I had with this episode, like her talking about not being invited to, like the high school parties and stuff. But it's like, okay, you've already we've already shown that your boyfriend that you that the show just decides to ignore, even though Walter is the best character on the show and he's who I put in the thumbnail to represent the show this week. Um, so it's like her boyfriend is the most one of the more popular guys in the school that they've already shown. So I'm not really buying that she's not invited to these high school parties because she would be invited through him. And then also the whole like, oh, she's not invited to the adult things. It's like they've also shown in the episode where she wanted to learn to drive so she could drive to the after work functions that she was invited to. So they're breaking the goddamn Doogie Kame Aloha canon here, okay? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they expected a podcast to come and check them every week on their on their storyline continuity. <laughs> I'm just saying. But look, I mean, I get I I saw what she's like. You go to the adult functions, but you're not going to all the adult functions. Yeah. You know, like if they're going out to the bars and stuff like that, they're not going to be bringing her along with her. Yeah, and she should just I, get a I fake. Just, you know, who didn't have a fake yeah. at 16? And she's she's a, a doctor. She looks confident walking in there. You know, the, I would buy her as twenty one. You know, the Disney Plus show has got to get more edgy. You know, make your make your main characters. Boy Meets World had a drinking episode. Do you count me Aloha needs a drinking episode? Yeah, we'll talk about a show in a few minutes that I thought Disney did a good job, kind of pushing the boundaries and mm-hmm. being more about serious things than they otherwise would have been. And I like that the show w- was doing that. I hope that. This is not the direction they go, and I hope they're not just going to be more and more and more like about the kid storylines, not about the rest of it. So I hope that this is kind of a one-off or a fluke and not the direction this whole series is going to go from here. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think it will probably hopefully just be – and it's not – I don't – I feel like I've been harping too much on this episode. It's just we've been praising it so much, and it deserves the praise. And this episode was still entertaining and good. It was just – this was – there were only a few moments here and there where I was like, oh, this show is definitely like – made for young teens and not a 28 year old dude yeah i feel that dissonance once in a while but i still thought the heart was there for this episode and i thought uh the characters are as always charming (laughs) i want a dad can we get a dad and walter like side episode i'd be doing that i like i would like that to happen you know i thought it was good for this episode to get more from that brother the sidelined kind of character so i'd be down for like a dad walter episode give us a spinoff you know a spinoff episode it'll bottle episode about the two of them yeah all right, you ready to move on to our next topic? Let's go, Joe. What's next? All right, so we had a trailer release. Uh, you know, this is a franchise that's been around for a while. You know, uh, you know, we've seen this character. You know, we've seen this franchise in movie form before. You know, it's about it's like a r- little bit of a revenge was focused on this trailer. 
know, this character using weapons to fight against the bad guys. A lot of heavy action. And no, I'm not talking about Hawkeye. I'm talking about Home Sweet Home Alone. A nice Christmas-themed movie uh, that I've kind of felt like this movie is just going to be a shot-for-shot remake of the original Home Alone. But instead, <laughs> Macaulay Culkin, we're getting uh, Archie Yates. Uh, who people might know if they've seen Jojo Rabbit. He was kind of the main friend in that movie. And then uh, I think Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper are the two main bad guys instead of Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci. Uh, But other than that, they gave me nothing that makes me feel like this was new in any way, shape, or form or any kind of way updated to the 21st century with 21st century technology, which I felt could have been interesting and different and like a reason to remake this. But... I'm not one of those people that's like, ah, oh, they ruined my childhood because I can just either A, not watch it, or B, watch it and be like, yeah, anytime I feel like watching Home Alone, I'm going to watch the original with Macaulay Culkin instead of this one. But yeah, I felt if we didn't have this show where we reviewed Disney Plus content, I probably would have zero desire to watch the movie based on this trailer. And what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like the original Home Alone. Uh, it's been one that, of course, I've seen so many times across the years of Christmas. It's like the staple of Christmas TV movie, you know, and even the sequel I kind of watched a lot of the New York one. I watched that a good amount when I was a kid. So I have some nostalgia for this franchise. So I'm down for like a revival of it with a new actor. And Archie Yates could be a funny guy for it, too. And I like Ellie Kemper. I think she's been really funny on TV. So theoretically, I think this could be a really fun one. But yeah, this trailer... It, it it looks like the exact premise of Home Alone just done again, and I don't know. I mean, what else I expected, but <laughs> it it just doesn't seem to add much. It's very much exactly like okay, Ellie Kemper and her husband uh, they break into this house, and the kid's stuck there Home Alone, and he gets these elaborate traps and tries to fight them off. And it seems very much focused on the hijinks and like the falling down and the guy getting hit in the face and that, and like that kind of stuff. So. Maybe it'll be a fun one to get really drunk and watch guys fall over. And I think, like, maybe I'll enjoy it in that regard. Like, if it, it, it's kind of fun in a way to just see, like, dumb slapstick comedy sometimes. But, yeah, not great for me. I'm down to watch it, especially because of the show. But, yeah, I'm not expecting a ton. It seems like one of those, either drop it on Disney Plus and then, like, a month later, no one even knows that it a month? exists at all. You're going to give it a month <laughs> before people forget this was released? I give it, so it just drops on Disney Plus Day, November 12th. I give it to the end of that weekend. So November 14th, I give it till November 14th until people will forget that it released on Disney Plus. And it could come out and surprise us, but I I just don't think that it will. Like I said, I, I imagine it'll be a nice, fun watch a guy fall over and hit his head a few times. <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's the type of idiocracy entertainment I need, but hey, you know, I, not everything needs to be genius. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Maybe it's one of those things where every similarity to the original they put in the trailer to remind people, and it's actually a very different movie, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say I doubt it. One of the cool things is I guess this movie does exist in the same universe as the original Home Alone, because if you noticed, uh, Devin Ratray, who plays Buzz uh, in the original, uh, appeared in this movie as a police officer, and his name bad said McAllister, so... I guess Buzz grew up to be a cop, and he's going to be the cop in uh, that investigates the house in this movie. So maybe there's, you know, a difference. Maybe 
you know, maybe Buzz is like, oh, you know, something like this happened to my brother, and he said the cops ignored him, so I'm not going to ignore this kid, and we get Buzz and Archie Yates teaming up against the bad guys. Or he appears for 10 seconds, says, yeah, everything looks okay, and leaves. Reminds me of something happened to me a few years ago. Yeah. Looks in the camera, walks away. Exactly. How much money would Disney have to pay to get Macaulay Culkin to come back, for even for a single second? See, I see Macaulay Culkin more showing up in that, like, Ryan Reynolds spinoff that, or, like, ad- adaptation that they're talking about, about a guy that gets, like, super high and then it happens instead of being a kid. Like, I could see Macaulay Culkin showing up as, like, a pizza delivery man in that movie more than this movie. Yeah, this feels like embarrassing filler kind of stuff, and Macaulay Culkin, I think, has got an interesting personality. He's kind of among, like, the cult film kind of... Uh... Uh, internet space, so I think you'd have a fun time being in being that more slapstick take it more than this, where it's just like, oh, you know, Home Alone, eat this, like here, <laughs> yeah. have it again. Yeah, but Macaulay Culkin's a dad now, so maybe he wants to, you know, do a more modern movie for to be in for his son or daughter. I don't know what kind of kid he had to watch, but yeah, you know, shout out to Macaulay Culkin and Brenda Song having a kid. Who saw he that? He should show up in Dookie Kami Aloha as himself, and then he has to get Dookie to fix his leg or something, you know? Yeah. A nice, nice cast crossover there. Oh, the Christmas episode of Dookie Kami Aloha should be someone broke into the hospital, and Macaulay Culkin cameos in the episode, but as an adult, Kevin McAllister, and he and Dookie Kami Aloha have to team up to beat the bad guys that break into the hospital. We write the show for him, Joe. Come on, guys. That should be the episode. <laughs> All right, uh, ready for our final topic. And if anyone asks, how come you're not covering the Hawkeye trailer? It's well, because uh, they basically recut the previous trailer down to a minute and a half and re-released it as a new trailer. And I was like, oh, I thought I saw this already. But I've yeah, seen that one. That's that's the. If anyone asks, why aren't we covering it? That's why, because they repackaged what we already saw and told us it's new. So I can't wait to watch it though. Yeah, I mean, looks good still. But no reason about talking about stuff we have already talked about. So, uh, moving on to our final topic of the day. Oh, one thing I will bring up though, real quick, is it was announced that Hawkeye is debuting its first two episodes on the same day. I believe November 24th is its premiere date. So, uh, basically, no longer will Boba Fett and Hawkeye overlap each other by a day. So, Hawkeye will end a week earlier, and then uh, Boba Fett will. Uh, premiere, so it will end December twenty second. But Book of Boba Fett will premiere December 29th. All right. Uh, I love to, myself a two hour premiere. Just wanted to clarify that really quick, and then moving on to our final topic. So uh, throughout the month of Halloween, or throughout the month of October, which is the month of Halloween, uh, we wanted to do flashbacks on various movies or various shows on Disney Plus uh, that are kind of this Halloween themed. Last week, uh, Tristan watched Phantom of the Megaplex for the first time and reviewed it, and uh, we needed something else, and I figured with Just Beyond premiering, and it was kind of this uh, anthology show, kind of in the style of maybe like a Twilight Zone, um, I decided, hey, let's talk about So Weird, a show that I think was really good that's mostly forgotten about, and if Just Beyond is a kind of modern and reimagining or kind of a show in the style of the twilight zone i think so weird is very much the child or kid answer to the x-files of x-files was super popular right around this time and 
the people at Disney were like, oh, we need a version of this. And it's like, how about we do a show of this young girl going around looking at paranormal and weird occurrences. And then you have the similar dynamic with, you know, she's the big believer. And then her brother is this big skeptic that doesn't believe it's all real. And she's touring around in her mom's, uh, you know, rock, you know, her mom's a rock star played by Mackenzie Phillips. Uh, daughter of one of the members of the Mamas and the Papas. And, you know, she has a rock band and they're kind of, and that's kind of how they get to see all of these weird and strange occurrences all around the country as they're touring in their mom's rock and roll tour bus. And, you know, you see all of these different weird episodes. Uh, Tristan, any of them stand out to you that you remember? I don't remember any specific episodes, but I just remember watching these all the time. Like, it was one of those because I went to a school and I had to wait like three, four hours for my parents to get me after school when I was a kid. So I had to go to this after school program in the school where we kind of just essentially sat there and like, and, and filled our time until our parents could show up and get us. And this was a show we watched constantly at the after school program. So it was always something I watched in the background. I remember looking up and being terrified by so many of these creatures. And I can't remember the exact episode, but there's some kind of, like an alien invading creature type of thing that comes into one of these episodes. And it like scarred me so much as a child. And it's one of the things I always remember as like one of the reasons I was afraid to watch horror for a long time into my adulthood, because when I was a kid, I watched stuff like this and stuff like goosebumps and it all stuck in my head as like too scary for Tristan, (laughs) you know? So I always remember as soon as trailers for this came on, I'd be like, Oh no, I'm not watching that. (laughs) So I've seen episodes here and there. I definitely rec- uh, went back and watched a few before this week, and I was impressed by it a lot. It's something that I think if I had sat and watched it, I might have liked it a lot. But I was very sensitive to scary stuff when I was a kid. I didn't get into horror much until I was in my in my teen years. So this is one that I watched through through my covered eyes at school a lot. And like you said, the X-Files connections are definitely there. And I've seen all of the X-Files. And... You also get the connections to Goosebumps, the connections to All You Afraid of the Dark. Disney was definitely trying to get like their kind of version of that. And I looked up a lot of some of the story behind them making the show, and that was definitely on their mind. They brought in people on the pilot and said, make this darker, you know, make this more of a of a horror show. And I went through and watched a bunch of random episodes here and there, and I was very impressed by how mature the show got for a Disney show, and it dealt directly with, like, death, and, like, is there life after death or is there not in a couple episodes, and, like, those are themes we don't think of when we think of Disney shows. When I think of Disney shows, I think of Hannah Montana and stuff like that. That's kind of hollow. And this was hey, more than that. you take that back. <laughs> Look, I wish I could time travel back in time and watch this as a kid. It might be one that I end up getting through more and more of it because I liked what I saw. So I'd be into even finishing up this, this series. Yeah, so uh, this is a show I definitely watched a lot as a kid growing up when it was on. And then for, you know... Recently, around around the time I started in college, Disney started re-airing a lot of, like, their old shows at, like, midnight, kind of like their own version of Adult Swim deal, where it's like, okay, young kids aren't awake anymore, why are we re-airing an episode of, you know, Lab Rats or whatever shows are new on Disney Channel that I don't, I don't know, like, Lab Rats, is, I don't even know what that show is, I just know it exists, but, like, they realize, oh, like, you know who's awake? college students so why don't we air the shows that they grew up with but anyway so weird just kind of fell through the cracks it was a lot of lizzie mcguire kim possible the proud family were a lot of those shows that they decided to re-air 
and it was a show I remember loving. And then obviously when uh, Disney Plus came out, the very first thing I ever watched on Disney Plus was so weird. I watched like 10 episodes of so weird before I even started the Mandalorian and then watched the first episode of Mandalorian and I binged through all of the rest of so weird. And I was, you know, happily surprised by how good it still was even as, you know, an adult. And uh, two of the main episodes that stood out for me was this episode, uh, James Gar about this uh, teacher who had been cryogenically frozen. And uh, when he got thawed out, his soul had essentially like left his body. Like his brain was still there and he could think, but he referred to himself in the third person. And he was just like this really weird, unemotional guy. And it was kind of this interesting episode about the difference between like having a soul and being alive and that whole aspect. And it was, and then that was interesting. And this other one called Roswell. Um, I wanted to mention Roswell as well. That's one that stood out to me. Roswell, it's a memorable one. Yeah, Roswell was one where it kind of starts in you know this flashback of this kid uh, whose dad worked in like the Air Force or something, and he brought back this chest of stuff home, and he's like, "Don't touch this stuff. This stuff's not for you. Don't open this chest. Don't look in this chest." And uh, the kid, obviously being a little kid, opens the chest and finds this like radio, and then cut to like modern times, and this guy's like. And uh, I, I want to look up his name, the actor's name, because there is an interesting connection with the actor. Uh, he starred in the television show as the Martian in My Favorite Martian, like back in the '60s. Um, oh wow! Uh, the like older crazy guy, and so that was kind of the connection there. Uh, I unfortunately can't find the actor's name, but um. His name was Andrew in the episode. Oh, uh, Tom Heaton. Tom Heaton, who was the, played the Martian in My Favorite Martian. And then, obviously, in this episode, uh, he just is holding this box to his ear the whole time. And he's like, oh, they're talking to me. And he has, like, this weird obsession with his dad. And it's just kind of this weird, kind of almost, like, depressing episode about this guy who, who everyone believes lost his mind because he thinks the aliens are talking to him. Yeah, I want to mention, too, that there was a cool through line of this show. Like, The X-Files was known for having its, like, Mystery of the Week episodes and also having its mythology that ran through it and was, like, their long-running mystery, which was, like, where is what happened to Mulder's sister, essentially. And the what, the question of this is uh, what happened to Fi's uh, father? So the main character's father has this, like, mysterious death that she's trying to investigate throughout the show. So I thought that was interesting as well that this Disney show had the the uh the courage to do kind of like a through line storyline because that's not something you typically would get out of these kind of a shows like disney doesn't want kids to have to watch in order and follow a plot you know the whole points that you're going to watch in a syndication at some random point so it was cool that they gave the writers the freedom to have that storyline to also make it something we mentioned in just beyond that it, it engaged with kid themes but not in like kiddie ways you know and I think this show does the same thing. It engages with the death of the main character's father. Like you said, it engages with kind of like, what does it mean to have a soul? And there's a lot of stuff like that where they were able to capture themes that are more mature than stuff that was on the channel around it. And because it was genre, they were able to kind of get around that kind of stuff. I also did read some stories too about like certain storylines. Disney was like, we can't do that. That's too far. But uh, there were 
for the most part, they were pretty hands off. And you can tell when you watch the show how much freedom they had to just do weird stuff with it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good, solid show. Uh, anything else you want to talk about or bring up? As far as I thought it was a. I want to give a quick question here for you, Joe, because we watched this and we also watched Just Beyond, and I think we both mentioned how they kind of go hand in hand with each other. Uh, so, how do you think this feels as like a response? To, like, is this as mature, or as as just as uh, Just Beyond? Do you think Just Beyond is less or more mature than this? Like, do you think uh, that? I feel like they're pretty on par with each other. I feel like they're pretty similar. It's also hard. I haven't quite finished it, but from what I've seen, I would say they're pretty pretty close to each other. Yeah, because I think it's interesting that like this was so many decades ago, but. I, I think it uh, in some ways is a bit more mature than just beyond, but also like just beyond is stylistically more advanced and it's obviously a uh, higher budget and that kind of a thing. But yeah, I think that it shows that even like we think of Disney as like this really controlled censored kind of environment where nothing creative or interesting comes out of them, but it, it did like we see shows like so weird that are so weird and it, you would never think would be a Disney show, but Disney Plus, I like it because it's given me a chance to go back and give Disney credit for some of the stuff that I otherwise would have probably never seen. Yeah. We need a So Weird reboot, you know? Look, I would love a So Weird reboot. We we got to get some horror out there for the kids. You know, we got Just Beyond, but we got to get some X-Files kind of stuff out there. You know, teach them to go solve the mysteries. Oh, and I will solve say, mysteries, you know? Eric Von Detten, uh, who people might know from Brink or as the voice of Sid, is in uh, in from Toy Story is in season one of uh, of So Weird, and then season two and three. If you're a you know Blake Lively fan, we got Blake Lively's brother uh, comes in <laughs> in season two and three. So if you're a Blake Lively fan, you got her brother in this <laughs> one. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who doesn't love Blake Lively's brother? Yeah, I, I'd go for that. If you're a Stephen Amell fan, look, you got you got Robbie Mel in this one. It's, it's the <laughs> same. It's, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, you know. All right. Uh, anything else you got to say about Disney Plus this week? No, it was a fun week. I love the horror going on here, Joe. Uh, good pick for So Weird. I I'm excited that it was your pick. So it was. I was happy to watch it. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk more Disney Plus. We'll be talking. Uh, more Doogie Kame Aloha and whatever else this uh, happens to drop. So, uh, without further ado, uh, goodbye. Hey, thank you for watching the Movie Change Up podcast. We'd really appreciate if you liked, commented, subscribed, and shared us with anyone you think might be into what we're doing over here. Thank you. Have a nice day.